Welcome, welcome to the Exchange Podcast. My name is Tarina Roberts, and generally I am your co-host, but tonight I will be flying solo because we're having somewhat of a ladies' night. Um, Tonight uh, we have two special guests uh, on with me as we are going to take a deep dive into love and relationships from the woman's perspective. So tonight I have uh, Kia and Nikki online with me, and we're going to take a a little second here to kind of go around the table and and introduce ourselves, give our name, our relationship status, and what it is that we hope to bring to the conversation tonight. So Kia, I'll start with you. Okay. um, Well, nice to meet you, Nikki. Nice and, <laughs> and nice speaking with you again, Tarina. It's a pleasure always. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Kia. I'm from St. Louis. I currently live in Dallas. I've been in Dallas for almost seven years. Um, I've been married twice, divorced twice, currently in a relationship. Um, I've been in this relationship now for a little over a year and a half. Um, and I'm excited to talk about my journey Um, as it relates to relationships and the growth that I've had over the years, some things that I've learned and um, just some takeaways that I'd love to share with the audience. Okay, thank you for that. Now, Nikki? Uh, Yes, my name is Nikki Waller and I am currently single and I have been for uh, a while now. Um, I just want to be able to give a single woman's perspective on this whole relationship because I've never been married um, or uh, engaged. I've been asked, but not, you know, uh, I said no. Um, so I just want to give a single woman's perspective on this whole relationship thing and get a better understanding of uh, from married women's point of view. So, yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah, uh, and and I guess to to remind everyone of who I am again, I'm Serena Roberts. Uh, in regards to my relationship status, I have been divorced and currently married. Um, been in a relationship for more than a decade, but married just uh, almost a year and a half now. What I'm hoping to bring to tonight's conversation, outside of uh, some some deep wisdom from the perspective of being in long, very long-term uh, relationships, but hoping that uh, what I share in my experiences brings light, love, and truth to the conversation. Yes. Okay. So now we can get all into it, ladies. I wanted to open it um, with the question of thinking about what it is we need in relationships. And and I use the word need instead of want because I, I believe those are two different uh, constructs within, within a relationship. And I think it's important for us to go into our relationships knowing what it is that we need, which, which takes um, a high level of, of self-awareness. So mm-hmm. for me... What 
I need is balance. And I think from a black woman's perspective, balance is a little bit more than just helping out with the kids and, you know, with with household chores and uh, with bills. When I think about balance, I think about having uh, a man, being in a relationship with a man that allows me to really tap into my feminine energy, that gentle, um, uh, submissive side that all women have. We, we were born with that. That's part of our divine nature. Um, and I think I call it the three P's uh, that we need, that I would need um, a provider, you know, for a man to be a provider, for him to be present, and for him to be pleasant. Mm. So, yes. So, uh, thinking about what you need in a relationship, Nikki, and we can start with you this time. Um, share that with us. Okay. Um, so, I think, I don't think I would know the answer to this question because it changes so often. Mm. It changes so often depending on what what stage in life you are or where just where you are in your own head. But I read a book... Um, a few years ago and it was called His Needs, Her Needs. Mm-hmm. And this kind of set me on track of what I what I, what I need. Not what I want mm-hmm. but what I need. Uh, and I think a study was done and of the, of the things that women need the top five and, 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 and I'm speaking for myself as well the top five would be um for me, affection, mm-hmm. uh, good conversation, you know, something we have, you know, in common, things we have in common, um, honesty, a commitment to family. And I, when I say commitment to family, I don't mean his family. I mean the family that we share, mm. the one that we've created in our under our own roof. And um, security, physically and financially. Mm-hmm. So those, yeah, and so some of those, you know, if you you could you could go down a list of things that you want, but I think women naturally need these five things. No matter who you are, if you're a woman and you're wanting to be in a relationship with a man, these are the five things that eventually you're going to need or whatever it is that you you think you need it traces back to one of these one of these you know affection um conversation honesty commit commitment to family security physically or financial it's going to lead back to one of these one of these topics i like that kia what about you so i definitely agree with what nikki said in terms of it changes depending on what season of life you're in. Um, even what you're exposed to, right? Because um, the place that I'm in now, I've actually evolved in this relationship that I'm in currently. And so I came into the relationship one way and I find that I am evolving in terms of my needs in this relationship. Oh, but wow. one, of, one of the things that I do have to say is vulnerability. Um, from a man is needed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because if, if a man is vulnerable, he's going to be honest. He's going to be loyal. He's going to be communicative. Um, there's going to be mutual respect. Um, and then, you know, the top goal for me and in my life right now is ultimately having a purpose partner. Mm-hmm. I'm a very purposeful person. And to have someone that is understanding of that mission that I have in life and can support that and is vulnerable enough to um, be okay with my strengths and and be that person that can be there with me through that walk and through that journey. So that's where I am right now. 10 years ago, I would have been like, I just want love and love <laughs> and affection. <laughs> you know, because I yes. was grown, grown. You know, yes. I, wasn't, I wasn't grown, grown in terms of relationships. And so I, I had this very immature uh, level of thinking um, in, in terms of relationships. But now I have a more meaningful and deep understanding of what it is. And I'm with someone who who possesses the things that I find that I need more and more each day. Mm. You, both of you hit on some really good points. I want to dig a little bit deeper in um, the idea that your needs change over time, depending on what phase of life you're in and vulnerability from a man and how those two things go together because we're we're all over 40 pushing 50 right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. And, and and we know menopause is knocking on the door and we don't know who our menopausal selves will be <laughs> we don't and and that that is a real thing and, and it's so it's real something it's a, yeah, it's real real and it's something that you know I don't know about you all but my mother didn't you know sit me down and really talk to me about those those changes that you I mean yeah she said she she talked about the hot flashes we all kind of experienced uh well, we gave her the nickname that other self her menopausal self we called her Mary you know we all had our experiences <laughs> with Mary but there wasn't deep conversation around what it meant and, and what that process and how it changes you and how it changes your relationships mm-hmm. and so as we're venturing journeying down into this next phase of our life and we don't know we don't know number one we don't know what it's going to be like we don't know what it's going to entail and number two we don't know how long it's going to last right so needing a man to be vulnerable and committed to Mm -hmm. family will be like vital to Mm -hmm. the, the success and longevity of a relationship and that's something that men really I don't believe take time because we're not talking about it you know so if we're not having conversations you know about it uh, as women then you know we're really not articulating you know our, our needs from the, the, the 
reflect from the point of this is where I am. Here are my experiences. And I need for you to understand. I need for you to, to be vulnerable enough to be patient with me and understand that when I'm being this other person that I'm trying to get to know and that I'm trying to, to manage that you love me still. Well, and I think that conversation doesn't happen because it's probably menopause is going to bury, mm-hmm. you know, per woman. It's not going to be the same for any woman. The, your your faces won't be the same as, you know, your mother. And hers are, are not like her aunts. And, you know, it's different for every woman, I think. Um, and it's no different from... I mean, yes, you're getting older and, and a lot is physically changing on yes. at that point. But it, I don't believe it's any different than when you go from a preteen to a teen and then a teen into, into, into a, 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 a young woman who's in her early 20s. You know, mm-hmm. you, you change, you're changing, you're steadily, every, we, we are steady, steadily changing with each decade, I believe of our lives and so uh even though menopause is you know menopause has been given this you know it's kind of demonized yeah (laughs) Yeah. like ooh, you don't want to go through that or whatever but i don't think it's any different i don't think it's any different than any change you have to embrace it you have to be open to it and and you know we're all good at rolling with the punches so you just that that's my take on menopause so i don't i don't fear it i don't i don't believe it's going to be something that changes me so drastically I think it's such a slow change you know or maybe it isn't I don't know because we don't talk about it because it's different for everybody so you know you just have to you have to go with what happens that's my but that's the Gemini in me like flying by the seat of my pants so (laughs) you know (laughs) you know what I mean so right I think a cancer likes to plan a little too much (laughs) (laughs) listen you are correct like I'm I'm ready to sit down and have this conversation and and you know you know with him right now how this is gonna go and you know when you do that it doesn't (laughs) nothing ever goes the way you outline so I just say fly by the seat of your pants and, and expect the best. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So something else to uh, to think about or that I, I would like to know, like what do you all think is the key to a healthy relationship and why? Mm. So I'll, I'll, I'll start on that one. Okay. And, and again, I'm going to, really use my relationship now and the reason that I'm using my relationship now is because this is literally the healthiest relationship I've ever had in my life mm. and and so I can I can speak very differently and, and use some comparisons um, you know based on the current relationship and one thing that I have found that has been the most beneficial for us is communication um, communicating about things a lot early and upfront, um, and and that really kind of allowed us to navigate through the things that we may or may not want in a relationship, and we were able to filter through that through those conversations. We were able to filter through, okay, this is what I want my future to look like. 
this is what I want in a relationship. Um, this is the end goal for me. Um, having those conversations early allowed us to avoid a lot of the pitfalls I've had in the past, whereas you start dating, you just get comfortable. Two years later, you find credit. Um, <laughs> three years later, you find out, oh, there might be another kid somewhere. And it's it's all because you didn't talk, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you just didn't have conversations. You didn't put everything out there. And a lot of times, we will assume things. We will decide, well, it must be like this because they're doing X, Y, or Z. But if you haven't had the conversation, the way that I see it, it's not real. It doesn't exist until we have the conversation. And so we've we've had very deep, um, honest conversations that took place probably in our first 10 dates. Mm. And And so both of us learned a lot from our previous relationships. And so we took those lessons, you know, we just happened to meet at the right time because had we met five years ago, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been prepared for each other. But because we understood that you have to communicate, you have to be honest, you have to be transparent, and you have to be vulnerable. In order to be in a healthy, lasting relationship, communication is key. Because in the end, that's what we're going to be left with. You're right. You're right. Nikki, do you want to share your thoughts on that? You know, I I, I would agree with her that communication is key. Um, But I think I think communication is like an umbrella. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's like an umbrella, but I think if you want to just like get down to the nitty gritty of things, you have to you have to address these relationships are based on this person's needs. What does this person need? And so if you're going to be in a healthy relationship with someone, you have to know what their needs are. Mm -hmm. You have to understand their needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a part of communication. So I, I totally agree with that. But I think the break, you know, you have to be able to break that down. Okay, what is communicating about what? What do y'all, you know? Uh-huh. Because a, a lot of times people are talking and they ain't saying nothing. Right. Or, right. or you know, so I think when you understand what your man's needs are, and, and again, I'm the single woman, so... Obviously, I don't know too much, but <laughs> honey, you probably know way more than you think. Yes. <laughs> but when you, I think when you are, I think, you know, when you know what your man's needs are, that's when you can cater to him. Not, you know, just uh, what do men need, but like know what your man's needs are. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. how you can maintain a healthy relationship. Yeah. That's good. I think knowing what you don't know and being willing to change once you find out and this goes for both men and women because we don't experience ourselves we live we do you know we walk we talk and our intentions don't always match our actions 
Right. And so when your partner brings it to your attention that they are experiencing you in a certain way that then makes them feel a certain way. So we're back at that whole communication thing, definitely at the core. Um, then it's your your duty, your responsibility um, based on your care and concern and love for that other person to take a step back, reflect, and be willing to, to, to think about how you can change. You know, because we 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 don't know. You know, I, I've had in, in both um both of my relationships, you know, with, with my, my children's dad and, and I'll even say with, with my kids and you know with my husband now, they all will say, You you just don't know how you can be sometimes. Or how you say things sometimes. And it's like, well, well what do you mean? Because in, in my mind, I'm, at, at my core, I'm always more concerned about them than I am myself. You know, so I'm not understanding. But then when they say, but you know, sometimes when you say things, you're, you're just so direct. You know, and when you're direct and I'm trying to communicate to you with about how I feel, then that makes me feel like you're dismissing me or you're not hearing me. And it it took me going into therapy and having, you know, my youngest daughter almost, you know, pull me by my collar to say, listen, this, this is how you are. And this is how it makes me feel. And this is why our relationship is the way that it is. For me to, to really want to take a step back and say, okay, well, let me look at that. So I think, you know, in any relationship, even though, you know, we're talking specifically about, um, you know, our, our intimate relationship with, with, with men, I think it's important to know what you don't know. And then when you find out, be willing to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yes, so with that in mind, I have a question. Another one. (laughs) I have a plethora of questions. (laughs) Um, But here's one. What's something about men that you wish you understood better? Mm. The burdens they carry. Mm. And silence. Oh, Mm. wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Kia, that's a good that's one. good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Because they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they carry I'm, a lot. They carry yeah, a lot. They they really do. They really do. I would like to better understand like what drives their definition definitions of love and respect because I think a lot of times for men they measure their love based on feeling respected Uh 
but the, the definition of respect can be subjective you know based on um, what was modeled to them in their upbringing on what respecting a man looks like mm-hmm. right right and and we all know you know <laughs> from the era of our parents and our grandparents you know that the modeling of that can be a little tainted mm-hmm. you know in, in in terms of um respect there's there's this relationship between respect and control you know there's uh this this relationship between respect and um kind of moving in a in a in a, a, Abuse. a silo <laughs> <laughs> right you know being able to you know just just do what i say you know and, uh-huh. and not being e- emotionally unavailable you know it's respect like my grandfather for example when my grandfather came home for dinner he ate first my grandmother would spend all day long cooking when my grandfather hit the door at 4 30 he got to eat first and he ate in the kitchen alone Hmm. so right and it was like you 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 better not make too much noise you know, don't don't go in that hallway to where he may be able to see you. You know, it was that was what was modeled to me for respecting your husband. Oh wow. Right. But is that is that really respect? Like I don't I don't know what that was. You know, was that more about, you know, con- controlling, you know, my grandmother or was it something else going on in their relationship where she just wanted to make sure that he had all the peace in the world when he first came home so that then there were other things that she didn't have to deal with. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, if I saw that, then, you know, I had male cousins. They saw that. So then now they're taking, you know, that into their relationships with women having this idea that I am to be um, almost honored or um, what's a better word for that? Uh, Pedestalized or, you you know, keened. I don't know. I don't don't, don't, revered. That's a very good good word for it. Yeah. Uh You know, and, and that be the definition of respect. So if when I come home, my dinner is not on the table, for me and you got kids running around acting crazy then I'm feeling disrespected because now I'm, I don't have that that quiet time that I need so I would I would like to better understand how those two things work mm. with, with men mm-hmm. Nikki what about you I think for me, I would just want to know what I would want to understand. What does love and commitment look like to to him? You know, because we have such a hard time understand. I have so, and, and the people, the women that other women that I know have such a hard time understanding. Okay, what does commitment look like? For you, for this particular guy, that because it again it varies, 
you know, but I would want to know what does love and commitment look like to you? Because what I may call love and commitment, mm-hmm. he may he may have a very different viewpoint, you know, or definition of it. And how I may interpret my love may not be how he may may not be how he does. So understanding what love looks like to him and what commitment looks like to him, I would like a better understanding of that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. because, you know, all of our um, understanding each other's what I call love context is really important because that is based on you know how we were reared the the love that we received from our primary caregivers Mm -hmm. and it's always different Mm -hmm. (laughs) You, you know and so the understanding of what love is like you could have been reared in a home where love was demonstrated by gifts mm-hmm. you know and that maybe never uttered the words I love you was never you know read a bedtime story tucked in at night kissed on the forehead you know th- those tangible things that um, kind of give love of that feeling you know mm-hmm. on, you know on the outside mm-hmm. versus someone who came from a home that that was how love was was demonstrated you know your your parents whether it was one or both very present with you you know there was a lot of talking they allowed you uh to express yourself and to dream and to imagine you know really nurturing the the self of the child so when you have you know two people coming together from those two very different context for love somebody's gonna feel unloved mm, right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's that. so uh to your point Nikki I think it's very important to to have uh those conversations like Kia said within the first 10 dates what is love to what you what love look like right to you? right <laughs> What does it look like, feel like, sound like? Yeah. And it's interesting, Tarina, when you said, when you talked about, you know, your grandfather and your grandmother, because it made me think about even my grandparents and and the way that it was set up in my grandparents' home and, and why that was important for me to ask those types of questions in my current relationship. How did you grow up? Mm-hmm. What were your relationships with your siblings? What mm-hmm. were your parents' relationships with you and your siblings? Baby. What, like, because I realized, you know, through my own therapy and through my own healing journey, that a lot of, 90% of what I did was tied to my childhood. Oh, of course. 90%. It was all tied to my experiences and how what I was raised see? and what I was around, what I was exposed to. And through recognizing that I, I recognize finally that when I'm partnering with someone I need to know what their childhood was like as well yes. because I need to ensure that I'm not forming trauma bonds anymore yes. that I'm not dealing with the person who's not dealing with themselves and, and some of the things that they've gone through in life 
I need to ensure that you're not uh, wounded so you don't wound me. You know, so if you have to go through that series of things. When I thought about my grandparents, I thought, wow, I do the same. I do a lot of the same things my grandmother did. I prepare a meal. I set the plate in front of him. And it's funny because so many people will say, why do you do that? Why you mm-hmm. set that plate? You know, but that's something that was passed down to me. And I do that. That's my love language to him. Mm-hmm. Yes. He doesn't necessarily need that. But and he's like, oh, when we first started dating, he would say, you don't have to make my plate and serve it to me. And I was like, I know, but I like doing like, well, because you like doing it, I'll take it. But it's not a necessity. That's not my love language. You don't have to serve me a plate of food. And but but it's the understanding through us having the conversation. I know he doesn't need it, but I like to do it and he's oh and he's comfortable with me doing with it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to let, to allow you. You know what I'm saying? To to stand in in your authentic way of expressing love and and care for him. And that is important. Mm -hmm. So moving right along here. What is a myth about women that we need to just kind of put to rest for men? Hmm a myth about women mm-hmm. that they have that men have yes a myth that men have about women that we just kind of uh-huh. need to dead right now <laughs> <laughs> oh I want to answer first I, I, I got to answer <laughs> you got to answer right I'm like go ahead on Nikki you supposed to answer this one Oh my goodness. Uh a myth. Okay. Um I think uh, uh, one of the myths that I wish men would just get out of their heads um about women, specifically sisters, black women. Yes. Is uh that we are gold diggers or that we want something from them that's not, you know, that's material. You know, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure they ran across their share of women that want something from them, you know, or are trying to barter with them or whatever. But um, that that is the woman that they've attracted or that they've attra- they've been attracted to. It's not her; it's them. In this case, mm-hmm. the myth. Mm-hmm. So the myth that I'm gonna say that I wish we could just dissolve is that you know just your regular everyday working black woman is a gold digger or or required or, or wants you to bend over backwards for her or you know be some type of unicorn for her she doesn't she, I, don't, I don't think she does I don't think she does but you know I'm sure there are there are some you know it's not that's not 100% but that's a myth I wish we could get rid of is that the black women are gold diggers and that we want to be taken care of and 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 all this other stuff. You know, I hate it when I hear that. And and to to be kept. And and to be kept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, because we've never been in a position where we we're being kept. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we we're always we've always since we were brought here uh been in a position where we have to 
be strong and 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 uh, contribute and, and you know the list goes on and on but uh, that whole myth about us being gold diggers and kept women and that kind of thing I wish that would just burn <laughs> I'm glad I said Nikki I want you to start this because mine is very close to your uh-huh. mine is a lot of men feel like women are needy and it's it's not just needy in a way of muddy needy, but needy period. You know, um, sometimes, and, and I hate to throw my guy under the bus, but I'm going to do it. So sometimes <laughs> he will be like, well, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hang out at the bar or I'm going to go to the cigar lounge and hang out. And I'm like, okay, see you later, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not so needy that you have to be with me 24-7. Right. I'm not so needy that I need you around me all the time. I need my breaks away from you. Amen. So I, I know you need breaks away from me. And so we're not as needy. We don't need to be up underneath you constantly. We don't have this thing where, oh my goodness, we just can't go on without you being around. It's not even like that. But a lot of men will think like, well, she don't want me to go out. They'll tell their boys, <laughs> well, she going to get the tripping. Yeah, I mean, like, no, yeah, (laughs) not at all, not at all. And I think it is a myth that men think that women will do that. I think there may be a group of women that do that, right? But I know, I know a lot of women, plenty. In in fact, one of my closest girlfriends, she and I, her, her guy, her husband is a firefighter, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad he on his his stretch." (laughs) You know, I get. I have some time to myself. You know, I have some, some downtime. You know, yeah. I got travels for work. And I'd be like, oh, yes, I get five days and the house to myself. And it's yes. quiet. Yes. And, and so we're not so needy that we can't be alone. We're not so, it, especially when we're in a healthy relationship. When you're mm-hmm. in a healthy relationship, there is no need for you to be under me 24-7 or me to be under you 24-7. Right. And, and I'll add to the, the idea of being in a healthy relationship and say, when you're in a healthy relationship with yourself mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. you really do not Don't require have a need. Yep. all you all under, or me being all under, you know, your foot all the time. No. Yep. Now, if, if, if it's, you know, him going out, you know, somewhere with some friends, which, you know, he doesn't do very often, uh, or for whatever reason, he may not be home. I would say, like, on a regular day, when I know he's coming back, I got a good two hours before it's like, okay, I kind of miss him. Mm-hmm. That don't, that, but, but that doesn't mean I need him to be back home and exactly right next to me <laughs> it's just having his energy here yes you know at home but then when he travels you know there are oh it's it's getting ready to be on and popping up in here i got three mm-hmm. days to where i don't have to cook if i don't want to mm-hmm. i can play the music as loud as i want to you know because you do you need that time yep sometimes to just be your full self. And right. when you're in a, in, in a relationship where, and, and Nikki, I'm going to use your word, where you're responsible, you know, for another person yep. every day, all day, you need your break, just like you do from your children. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. that you, you need that to be whole. My myth 
that I would love for men to just kind of let go and, and leave alone is the idea that a well-spoken woman, a woman who has her own mind and thoughts is a woman who talks too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that right there, we, we, we need to dead that. Like, yeah, like, for, Tarina, for real. Because here's the thing, like, I talk a lot when I have something to talk about and when I am in the company of people that I feel free with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can find me just sitting and observing. Right. Yeah. You no. Know? So there are only periods of time when I am very talkative, when I seem to have a lot of a lot to say and it's because we're talking about something of interest to me something that I have deep passion for but when we're in conversation and we might you know whether it's and I really don't talk about politics I mean the the one thing that I probably will get in in a good debate about is love and relationships because I have my own thought process or women in general or when we're talking about anything and we have a lot to say for a man to then you know um, devalue that by saying well she talks too much it's mm-hmm. like so you, you you're kind of does that mean you're intimidated by my mind mm-hmm. and why is that why does that intimidate you? You know, why Why is that seen as something um, bad? Why would you want to censor or muzzle someone that you love and care about who has the ability to think for herself? Because her ability to think for herself benefits you. Because you don't know everything, just like she doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. So that's... You know, and I, I might be, you know, a little biased to that, <laughs> but 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 that's that's one because I hear men all the time. You know, a, a lot of men say, you know, women tend to to talk too much. To talk, yeah, I've heard you know, that. Yeah, and, I've heard and it. It's because they don't want to be talked to. Like they have these the the this the schedule of when they want to engage and when they don't. You know, I don't, I don't. I don't, Kia, I don't know if in, in your relationship or um, Nikki, even in your experiences, in your relationships, uncles, daddies, it don't matter, but they have, like, they go to this empty box where they are to be left alone. And it's if you're talking during that time when they want to be in their empty box, then now you're talking too much. Too much. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we I definitely heard men say that. Um, it wasn't my experience necessarily growing up um, because I grew up with very strong um, women who did not stifle their voices at all and um, an uncle who raised me to to speak so, yeah. yes. so I, I had a very different type of upbringing as it relates to that I, I didn't I wasn't around men who said that I grew up and met those types of men 
Mm-hmm. But as a child and, and growing up, I don't know men who told me to be quiet or, you know, not speak or women talk too much because the women were very strong. They were very present. And again, my uncle, he was very um, diligent about telling me to use my voice. Mm-hmm. Well, that kudos to your uncle. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, because he 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 did you well. <laughs> I would say so because he can't get me to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's one that I want us to you know spend some 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 time um, and some care with. Why do you think black men and women struggle to love each other in healthy ways? Cause that one goes deep. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. It's 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 so layered. And and I I think I guess I'll start. I think we don't give enough uh, pause and appreciation for our unique struggles as a people mm-hmm. that generationally has impacted just our views on how we see each other and and what um, love and connection and commitment you know all these these things that we've been uh, speaking on what that looks like you know if if a, a man is in a relationship with a woman that comes from a background where all of her experiences with men were negative, it's going to be very hard for that woman to step into her feminine energy to be to not be guarded, to, to not see him as a threat. Mm-hmm. And to our point in how uh, communication is at the core of everything, if you find someone that you love enough and that you're interested, I mean, because, you know, the love kind of comes over time, that level of, of love anyway. But someone that, you know, interests you enough, that you enjoy spending time with, um, that you see something in, then you need to be willing to be patient with her and understand and ask the question, you know, to, so that you can dig deeper to your point. You know, what what's your relationship like with your mother? Where did you uh, grow up? You know, you grew up in a household of nothing but women. So you seeing men, you know, coming and going, coming and going. And this is going to impact the, 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 the context for the female child very differently than it is the male child. Mm-hmm. And I think when when we don't appreciate that and, and deal with it gently, then that's what keeps us at war. Because there's there, there there's a lack of compassion and empathy for the journey thus far. You know, you 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 you're getting me in in this space and time. But I've come a long way, and it's that walk that has made me who I am 
right here and right now. You might not see it the first couple of days. <laughs> but once, you know, you, you get me home and you get me behind closed doors and, 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 and we're uh, connected in a more intimate setting, then those things creep up. And we right. gotta we gotta give each other grace for that. Yeah, uh, Tarina, I'm gonna piggyback off of that because that's actually what I had. I'm gonna start with the last thing you said. You you said deal with it gently, which is the grace. Um, I find sometimes that there's competition between men and women. You know, there's this competition of well, men do that too. Well, women mm-hmm. do that too. Mm-hmm. Well, both of us, like, there's this competition of who does it the most. And it's always, you know, if we go over the meter here, you can see that there's 67% women do this and 33% of men do that. And we have to stop the competition thing. And then mm-hmm. there's been this um, hatred that's been perpetuated um, in TV, in songs, in movies, and just the display overall of black community and family Mm -hmm. Um, and then lastly we have our guards up because of previous relationships Mm -hmm. and interactions and that causes um, the other partner or other person to feel like well I'm trying to be open I'm trying to engage they're not opening up their guard is up now I'm going to put my guard up and of course we get nowhere like that so those are the four things that I would say why black men and black women struggle with relationships and loving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nikki, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, I think at the core of it all, the reason why we don't find ourselves loving in a healthy way is, is because we, we kind of do what's been modeled before us. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we've seen. Um, and if we haven't been taught something and it's not been displayed to us, um, I don't think that we, we don't know how to get to that or how, what to do to, to make it that way, to make it the right way. And I think a lot of that also comes, and I think that trails back to the history of black men and black women, especially in this country of how we've all, how we've been groomed to to relate to one another or Mm -hmm. react to one another or you know I think a lot of it has to do with um this the whole how can I say it um how how women how women have always had to really just kind of be the leaders in our family when we're really not supposed to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, like I said, the way we've been groomed in this country, generation after generation after generation, and what we've seen laid out before us. And that's why we don't, we're, we're unable to love in healthy ways. And sometimes every now and then we get it right um, and, and we figure it out or whatever. And that's a beautiful thing. But for the most part, I think we don't, we don't know what that feels like and what that looks like. Because it's not, you know, we've not, we've not seen it, mm-hmm. you know, and what we see on TV is not what, what it really is. Right. Which right. 
safety. And so it's it's kind of hard to get to point B when you don't you don't you don't know how to get yourself together on point A. Mm, that's so true. Yeah. You know, you can't get to point B if you're scrambling around and you're trying to play this role and he's he's thinking you ought to be like this and you know, on point A mm-hmm. you're not point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 good. That's good. I, I promise you, you know, I, because of slavery, there's because, so many reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, know a lot of why. A lot um, of it. Yeah, we have the struggles, you know, we have in just in just being and just existing um, as as people, let alone in in relationships. So, in wrapping up this. Uh, conversation this has been so great so great I, I cannot wait uh, for the people to, to hear this it's especially the men I, I think they're going to learn some things uh, a thing <laughs> or two tonight but um, I would like to know what would you tell your younger self about love and relationships oh my <laughs> yeah if you could go back in time my younger self like what age what I, I, I'm gonna go with 18. Okay. I'm gonna go with 18. What relationship advice would you give your 18 year old self? We don't have time. <laughs> Put it in a sentence. <laughs> we don't have enough time. That's a whole nother hour. It is. It is. We're gonna do this again. <laughs> you know, so leave a cliffhanger. Oh, what would I tell my younger self? Because I have this, I have this discussion with my sisters quite a bit because we feel like our mom did not groom us mm-hmm. to be wives. She groomed us to be able to be independent and survive, mm-hmm. to make it and to have your own. But we weren't groomed, we feel like, you know, to be a wife and to be loving to our man and and that we were just groomed to hey get your own have your own Mm -hmm. get your education and I think women need so much more than that Mm -hmm. you know and eventually that 18 year old that that wants her own money and a good job and her own place and her own car she is going to eventually want nine times out of ten not every girl but nine nine times out of ten she is going to want to have a home and a husband and mm. children mm. and all of that. So I think I think the advice I would give my 18-year-old self would be along those lines. Like, um, you know, just don't forget about don't forget about the relationships in your life and 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 having healthy relationships in your life. It's not all about you. Mm. It's not okay. all about you. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. good. Kia, what about you? I would definitely tell the 18-year-old version of myself, don't be in a hurry for anything. Mm. And and that the reason I would tell myself that is I got pregnant at 18. Mm-hmm. And I got pregnant at 18 because I felt in a hurry. Mm. I mm. felt in a hurry to do things and it, you know it was all kind of tied to experiences childhood all of those things but I felt like I was trying to rush my life 
and without learning life first mm. and so I would tell the 18 version of myself you know yeah you don't have all that time but pay attention mm. you know make sure that people's words are in alignment with their actions mm-hmm. because when you rush and when you hurry you miss those things yeah and and so yeah. I missed a lot of things because I was I was just in this hurry mm. and and I don't you know I, I have so many different reasons for why I probably was in a hurry but I definitely would tell myself just slow down pay attention mm. um you're not going anywhere <laughs> mm. I'll right. say that. <laughs> yeah. mm. So, yeah, that, that you say that because my mom always said, "Oh, you don't have to rush. You don't. You have all. You know, you got all the time. Get, go to school. Get your education. Get, you know, have your own stuff. Get, get, get you know." She always said that, and mm-hmm. I think that took my mind off of it. But at the same time, it it still leaves an empty. It left an empty spot for me. So there's a, there's such a balance a, a balancing act, act that you have to have. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I totally get what you're saying, Nikki, because I have a girlfriend of mine that said the same thing. She yeah. said I, I concentrated solely on college and, and yeah. my career, and that was my focus. And now here I am, 45 yep. years old. I don't yep. have a kid. I don't have a, a husband. Yeah. And you know, so you're right. The balance is the key there. Because yep. here we are, we're on we're on totally ends of the spectrum, right? I'm 18 and had a kid, and you know there are people that are 45 and saying, "Oh, I wish I would have gotten to the point where I was able to have a kid and I had a husband," and you know. But we have to find that balance of you know I don't I w- I don't want to be in a hurry mm-hmm. and end up with the wrong person mm-hmm. and end up being a single mom. And I don't want to be in the situation where I put all of these things before having a family, mm-hmm. and and I let all this time escape me. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that ties uh, right into what I would tell my 18-year-old self, and that would be to live, live for you first. And live as well as you possibly can. Have fun. Because what is meant, what and who is meant for you will find you. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So with that, ladies, this has been so great. You all have blessed me this evening with your <laughs> wisdom, you know, your 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 transparency. I appreciate it so much that y'all took time out in your evening. Uh, to have this conversation with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so welcome. Absolutely. This was fun. This it was, was fun. so nice to so I- meet you, Nikki, and hopefully we'll get to meet in person one day. And yes, Serena, yes. a pleasure always. Absolutely. So with that, we will close, you know, and to all of our listeners out there, you all go be great and find in love. Peace. Peace.